Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello one and all and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which aims to take you behind the scenes of the automotive and automotive social media worlds. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. This is Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Good evening. Good. Yeah. No, that's when it goes out, mate. Oh, sorry. Well done. Oh, you're so pro. I'm not quite at Tony's level yet in terms of these production. Um, You may be watching us here on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. If you are, hello. These are our ugly mugs. Uh, You may also be listening to us only. Uh, That is available on soundcloud.com forward slash seen through glass or on iTunes podcasts. If you are listening to us, come subscribe to us here on YouTube. If you're watching us, go listen to us over on SoundCloud or iTunes. It's a wonderful world. Not, <laughs> not that we're desperate. Not that we're desperate, but click that subscribe button now and give it a thumbs up. Please. Come on, please, and turn on notifications as well. We need your help. Anyway, this is uh, this is going well. We're now into our second month of podcast, Tony. We've, we've done well. It's February 2018 and, and things are moving forward. Um, I want to get straight into things. I don't want to mess around too much today. We, we do a lot of sort of this housekeeping at the beginning of these podcasts, don't we? Today, I'm just going to go straight in um, 30 seconds later. <laughs> with the Lister Thunder. Do you know I, what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. Okay. I saw a tweet. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, boys and girls, this is a, a new car that has just been launched by Lister, who are one of Britain's oldest sort of automotive brands, and it is essentially an F-Type, heavily tuned. They are saying, oh, it's based on an F-Type. No, no it is an F-Type. <laughs> They're like the singer of Porsche, right? Similar? Mm, no, 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 not really. I, you think they're more of a sort of Haman or Mansory or oh, okay, they probably take a bit of a, an insult to that um, and they are probably a little bit Sorry. more specialist. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> we all apologise. But essentially they've taken an F-Type and given it 100 horsepower more than the F-Type SVR. Okay. So it's 666 horsepower. 0-60, it's 0.5 seconds quicker 0-60. Four-wheel drive, of course. Yeah, I would assume. Actually, you know what? I don't know. I should have done some more research. <laughs> Classic me. Um, but essentially, they've got a they've got new carbon fiber front and rear bumpers, and it's this sort of like crazy hard. It's ninety nine units, just under one hundred and forty thousand pounds. But I'm very underwhelmed, Tony. Why? Because now this harks back to something else, which we we probably need to talk about at some point. My desire for an F type, a lightweight F type. I am sure it's a very difficult thing to give a car a lot more power. You know, it probably sounds easy to us. Oh, you just give it 100 more horsepower. I know that there'll be a lot of mechanical engineering that needs to go into achieving that feat. But 
I don't really care. Like, it looks just like an F-Type. It looks like an SVR without a wing. It's got a bit of green on it. And it's got 100 more horsepower. I have never felt like the SVR was slow. Don't, don't you think they should tone it down a bit and do like a 500 horsepower GT3 competitor? That's what I mean. That's what you mean? That is okay, what I mean. Fine. And I talked about it when I went out to do the Formula E with Jaguar. Um, the fact that when the SVR, the actual SVR came out, I was disappointed because whilst it was more powerful and blah, 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 it just felt a bit safe. And I know that an F-Type customer is traditionally someone who likes to be, to do grand tours, to cruise, to be comfortable, to have all the luxury, but also have the power. It's like a Jaguar ethos. Yeah, yeah. But how exciting would like a hardcore GT3 Performante variant of an F-Type be with a big old roll cage, less weight, you know, crazy power to the rear wheels, not all-wheel drive. And I just feel like Lister have just come along and rather than taking up that challenge, I've just gone, oh, let's give it more power. So a bit like Brabus do to Merck. Yeah, like, okay. I, I'm impressed. And as I say, it's 99 units. It's 140 grand, which I don't think is that much. It's about 30 grand over an actual SVR. But I spec'd an SVR once to 125. I was going to so, say, you, might, you can nearly spend that on an SVR, Yeah, right? so, so yeah, it's yeah. actually relatively affordable in that sense. But I'm just, I'm, I'm underwhelmed because I still think that there's this need and a personal want and desire for this lightweight F-Type. And I talked about it when I went and did the Formula E, that maybe I just do it myself. Yeah. Maybe I just go and find like a boggo, cheapo, the cheapest F-Type I can find, rip it apart and try and make some kind of hardcore track-focused road-going F-Type. Well, that could be a challenge for you. That though. could be a challenge, yeah. right? I wouldn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I'd have to employ a lot of different suppliers to help me because mechanically I am not all terrible. there. Yeah, terrible. But uh, I don't know. It would be super interesting to find out because maybe it's just not the car that, you know, people don't want that type of F-Type. Yeah. Because, you know, it, as I say, the usual Jaguar customer wants luxury, wants class, wants a lot of leather, wants to be comfortable. I'm the only idiot who wants bucket seats and a harder suspension. And Because that's my complaint about the F-Type. Everyone in the world knows I love an F-Type. Do you love an F-Type? Yeah, I do. I think they're really good. When, when you, because you may not remember, but Tony was actually responsible for selling my yeah. F-Type. And that was like one of the first F-Types you'd sold, right? Uh, or you didn't know much about them? I didn't know a huge amount about yeah, them. Yeah. I, I did a couple, but... You had yeah, a couple, yeah. but yeah. And I remember when you drove away from them for the... First time. That was the noise. Had an ex what, had a Quick silver exhaust. Yeah. First time I'd ever heard my exhaust from outside the car. And I literally heard you for about five miles. And I rang you. Yeah, you, you know, rang me. This, this is freaking loud. <laughs> <laughs> that was my impression of your laugh, by the way. Sounded a bit like a parrot. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, this list of Thunder thing, a lot of people have been tagging me. A lot of people been saying, oh, sell the Ferrari, go and buy this. As I say, it's not the F-type that I lust after. And I it motivates me even more to try and go out there and create my own like project car and amazing thing. But the I have to be realistic that I'm going to be buying a V6. I can't afford to buy a V8. I'm looking for the cheap. But that could add into my lightweight ethos. V6, lighter than yeah, V8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we or, can beg Jaguar to make a GT3 competitor. Mm, Please. They, but they did just make that GT4 race car. Which is the race for uh, help for heroes? Race for heroes? Yeah, what's yeah, it called? You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Yeah, which yeah. was which is taking part in uh, British Touring Car, I think. Anyway, it's a hard. It is a proper race car, 
but I want a road going version. <laughs> Come on, Jack, please. Um, right. Well, anyway, let's part that for now. I think maybe we need to have a separate discussion about trying to you find the cheapest F type in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and then I need to go and speak to a mechanic to understand if that's actually possible. <laughs> Sam, if you take the seats out, it won't work. <laughs> he's not mechanically minded, but he's got a Ferrari free seat. Yeah. Thing. <laughs> Which is why I spent all day at AV Engineering yesterday while they did all the work and I just got in their way drinking, drinking. tea. Oh my God, they make such good coffee. Yeah, By yeah. the way, if you honestly, like, if you're a Ferrari owner, switch to AV just so you can have the coffee whilst you're waiting <laughs> for them to do their work. But speaking of taking seats out, which I just mentioned right at the uh, end of that last little segment, um, I just wanted to move on to my 718 Cayman, actually, because I sort of half filmed a video this week and then forgot to finish it, so I now need to update everybody in this <laughs> podcast. Um, the next modifications for the 718 Cayman S. Uh, it's obviously been wrapped by Animize now. Thoughts on the green, Tony? Like it. No, green crew! Like it. Oh yeah, yeah, I've got a green car. Yeah, green crew. <laughs> yeah. We should be convoying everywhere. Um, and no, I didn't copy him. I never copied you. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. You went, what colour should I uh, no. <laughs> get my car? Green, green crew. <laughs> um, just like you copied me by buying a 488 after I got the 360. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got the 488 first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah, so uh, then I got the car ceramic coated by the genius that is Stuart F1 Wax. Who Was he responsible? Did he do some of the PPF? Did he, he uh, new car preparation? The, the, the detailing for the... Hurricane. Can't recommend him yeah, enough. Your car looks stunning now parked yeah, outside. Yeah. Um, again, we are at Tony's. Uh, we're in your office now, aren't we? A new this office. The, this will be the sales office. Yeah, it's yeah, sales yeah. office in the new showroom. So more on that to come soon. We are going to be doing a big reveal video once this is all complete yeah. with drones and things like that. Anyway. Um, but next modifications to the Porsche. You know, I got corrected today by a man in the garage. He said, is that a Ferrari? And I went, oh, I wish. <laughs> I, went, I went, no, it's a... I've got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say that? No, I was, I was trying, to be, I would have. trying to be nice. Um, and I went, no, it's a Porsche. He went, it's a what? I went, it's a Porsche. He goes, no, it's a Porsche. It's I was Porsche, like, oh, yeah. come on. But that's right. Though. Give me a break. Um, anyway, next two modifications. Exhaust, which I've been banging on about for a long time. The guys down at GAD Tuning yeah, yeah. Uh, came down to uh, the unit when Stu was working on my car and basically wetted themselves about the opportunity to get their hands on that car and are going to be building a custom one-on-one -on -one bespoke system for it. Perfect. So they? yeah, we put it up on a ramp. They looked at it. They were like stupidly excited that this is super easy to change. We can do this. We can do I, a lot of things that I didn't understand. I said, is it going to be loud? They went, yes. I was like, okay, cool, do it. Um, That's so, all you care about. Yeah, I was, I was like, well, I, don't, I need tone. I need tone. But, but I said loud. So that was maybe a mistake. And it spit flames? They did say spit flames. Did they? they genuinely said spit flames. I nearly called Paul Wallace. But um, <laughs> essentially it's all happening because later in February, I'm doing my first European road trip in the Porsche. My first big adventure. Oh, yeah. You know, okay, this is going to make you be sick now. I've done over 3,000 miles in that car already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tony's like, when are we selling it's it? Lucky you're rich, mate. Yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> but I haven't done any big adventures in it yet. So I'm doing my first European road trip end of February. Um, so the exhaust modifications are hopefully happening before then. Um, but the other modification, which again, let's go back to seats, how we got onto this. God, I'm really, it's a long way round today. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be putting houndstooth seats, or I'm going to be re-upholstering the seats with the classic, iconic Porsche houndstooth material. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, which is the, which is the Black one in, and white. Okay, in the anniversary edition. Yes, nine, exactly. Okay, the 911 50th anniversary. For people that don't know. For people that don't know, old classic Porsches that have this black and white houndstooth type look. I absolutely love it. And because I've now got this kind of heritage look and feel going on with the car, with the wrap and the wheels and everything, I saw a few cars online with the houndstooth and I was like, it feels like the final component. And do you know what? I think you posted online as well. There was an old 
there was a green 911 that yes that was like more like the green of my hurricane yes that green exactly that Amazing, Sick. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it will be the final component. Of course, it's going to be done so that we can reverse the car back to factory original spec uh, as and when we want to sell it because that would be, I think, quite a punchy thing to do to re-up. It's only seat trimming anyway. It's seat trimming, it's only, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So the guys, the amazing guys down at Sexton's, Sexton's, Sexton's. Who, uh, who Tony introduced me to and did the audio for the a bath are going to be doing that. I wanted to try and get it done before the road trip, but they, I think it's unrealistic. They said that by the time they get the material in and blah, blah, blah and trying to do the exhaust at the same time and you that will happen in when March. you get back. Yeah, yeah. in March, I reckon. Uh, anyway, so that's seven eighteen updates. Very exciting. Um, but let's move on to a few topics that have been suggested by you guys on Twitter. Now, this is the first time we've had topics suggested from Twitter, and it's good though. It's great, but in my classic unprofessional way, I've forgotten to write down who asked the questions, <laughs> <laughs> and you forgot to tell me until you got here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, if you submitted these points, thank you so much. Um, I will somehow get back to you, and thank you for it. And hopefully, you are happy that we are talking about them. Um, so, first up, this is a question for you, Tony. Best way to haggle when buying a car. The first big tip is if you're serious, don't do it over the phone. Come down to the dealership. Okay. Uh, um, you'll be taken a lot more seriously. Interesting. If you, if you do it like that and you're here and you're ready to do a deal. Every dealer in the country will do a deal. As well, if you're buying a normal run-of-the-mill car, a Golf, a Focus, don't expect to get 20% off or... But, but, the mar- you know, the cars yeah. aren't free. Yeah, so you if, there's, if there's a car for 10 grand, don't expect to get it for six. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't even expect to get it for nine. The, okay. The, yeah, the, the, the it's mar- a few hundred quid or... Yeah, yeah. Or it's or a if gesture. That, yeah, it's a gesture. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's so competitive now. The margins are not big at all. So dealers have got very small money to make any kind of profit or, or money in that, so they're going to be very hesitant to give you... Or they aren't going to be able to give you a lot of money off. No, they, have, they, don't, have, they don't have it in the cars. However, if you're going in to buy a 488 or an Aventador or 458... Yeah. You could so- argue... 10, 15 grand off in some cases. Depending on one time of the year. Okay. Depending on the dealers that it in stock. Okay. Whether they're having inquiries on it, that always, you know, if sure. someone wants, to, if they've got someone that will pay. It's not a guarantee. No, But no, there's no. usually the... There's uh, more. Would I, would I be right in saying the more expensive the car, the more room you've got to manoeuvre on price? Yeah. Usually? But, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to talk exact margins because that wouldn't be fair to the rest of the industry. But, but... We all work similar okay. in terms of margins. Sure. Um, it, it does go up the more expensive the car. However, it gets to a point where you can't have any more, sure. essentially. No, 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 that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And are we talking about used cars here or new cars? Or both? So, so don't go into Ferrari or Porsche. <laughs> And expect 15 grand off a new <laughs> yeah. Ferrari or Porsche because it's not happening. You'll walk out yeah, very yeah, unhappy. Yeah. They won't even make you a coffee. <laughs> um, the worst. But to be fair, um, even a used Ferrari or Porsche, you won't get 15 grand off. Okay. You, you just won't. You might... I don't even think... 15 grand's a lot of money. It's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. It's a ton of money. And you've got to think, if somebody's putting a car up uh, 150 grand or 100 grand yeah. it's not really a punt it's usually because that's where the market's at yeah, if you yeah, look yeah. if you look on auto trader for example here in the UK there's usually quite an even spread an obvious spread between a you know a low mileage highly spec car and then a high mileage lowly spec car and that's kind of the operating window 
for that model. Yeah. So if you suddenly try and overprice that, obviously you're, you're bumming yourself a bit. You so, are. And as well, which doesn't help with the higher end stuff, um, there's a thing called sale or return. Okay. So obviously the dealer margin in a sale or return car, because it's not their car, they haven't paid for the car, isn't normally as, as much okay. as if they own the car. But again, it, it makes it a false market. Sure. Because they'll put cars up for um, not what they're worth. They'll, they're just... Plucking just a figure, figure the out there to yeah, yeah, yeah. see how they get That's on. That's not what they're worth. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, it, but, but the dealers don't care because it's not their money. It's the it's the customer's money, isn't it? So, okay, that makes it harder for us to price them. But yeah, uh, yeah. And in terms of actual tactics, you said don't try and do anything over the phone. So let's say you got to a point where you're deadly serious about buying a car. It, you know, you come down. Do you test drive first? Do you look at the doc- like? At what point do you go? Is there any chance to get some money off here? And do you ask or do you say, would you accept X amount? So you can you, you can loosely speak about it over the phone, but normally the serious people that I deal with, especially on the high-end stuff, money doesn't come into it. Okay. It's when they get here. I normally find um, people that ring me at eight o'clock at night and offer me an amount of money for a car over the phone. They never come in. Okay. I never see them. Okay. So, so I literally do not talk about money. That's the price of the car. Okay, blah, blah, blah. fine. And we predominantly, that's what we do anyway. And I think most of the prestige dealers do do that. However, when you when you get there and you're in front of them and you're ready to do a deal, um, test drive, um, you never really learn a lot about a test in a test drive. It's a 10 or 15 minute drive. Absolutely. What are you trying to achieve in yeah. 10 or 15 it's minutes? A, it's a weird rigmarole that we all go through. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, To the yeah. like, you know, oh, the steering feels all right. And, you know, there's no creaks coming. But we don't, I don't think anyone really knows what they're doing. on Because also you're so excited to be in this car that you might be about to buy. Yeah. You kind of forget to notice anything else. That's right. And in the high end stuff, Ferrari, Lamborghini, you'll, you'll be pushed to, I mean, we don't let people go out in that stuff anyway. Um, and who cares what they drive like? Yeah. You, you want a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah, want exactly, Ferrari, exactly. You, want you, know, you know what it's going to be like yeah, at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, yeah. But I do think it's more important for the mid-level stuff. If you're coming to test drive a 30 grand Cayenne diesel, you want to make sure that it does actually turn on and run and, yeah, or a dodgy old Range Rover. Not that, no, I'm not talking about you, Tony. <laughs> Thank so you. Before you get too, uh, too sensitive. Too protective. Too protective. I just mean that it's very different markets if you're coming to buy a supercar to your everyday banger and I think it is advisable to take a test drive because I think you do need to check the car actually turns on and works yeah so what so what so what happens as well is obviously at that at that point of the market there's a there's more competition so you're not just looking at a Cayenne you can be looking at a Q7 an X5 a Range Rover so maybe you do want to drive them sure but but again that's from our point of view the drive is the last thing we do. Fine. Essentially. Okay. So we do the deal and if it's, the, the cars, all our cars are checked, much like most other good dealers. Yeah, the absolutely. No, no, same. of course. I mean, I think we're trying to talk as a, as a vague general overview here because obviously whilst Tony does cater to most people's needs in terms of cars available on his forecourt, <laughs> uh, there are going to be people who are based all over the world, um, uh, but also all over the UK who will be going through these experiences at different places, not just of somewhere course. as reputable as gravelled cars. Well, thank you. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. 
Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, but I do think it's interesting because I've gone through varying stages of being great and being useless at negotiating car deals. Funnily enough, I'm usually better at negotiating for a friend or family member than I am myself because when it's me, I get overexcited. I just want the car. And so, uh, you know, I just sort of, I sort of happily accept kind of anything whilst I can be a bit more brash when it's somebody else. And I'm like, oh, I'll take the piss. You of don't. course. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Yeah. It's, it's hard to get emotionally unattached to negotiate the best deal. Um, now, just quickly on financing, because a lot of the new car stuff, but also used cars, uh, most dealerships now will push financing in one another because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great way for them to make money, right? Of course. And that can sometimes bamboozle the customer and it, it makes it harder to work out whether you're getting a good deal or not. Fundamentally, the retail price of the car is what you want to hammer down on, right? Uh, yeah, but but the finance rate as well. So okay. So on a on a cheaper car, so say under fifteen thousand. Oh hello! Something just started up outside. It sounded like a hurricane. Well, someone nicking your car? <laughs> oh, no, I'm not just about to say. Can Do I you want to go? Do, let's no, go and look. No, I'm so I've got another one. I, I got a 488, did I tell you? Oh my God, you did. We're not talking this. We determined to not talk about the 488 this episode. They're moving okay, your car fine. inside your old showroom. Okay, uh, It does look good, I have so from the window. Oh, nice. Um, okay, so sorry, going back. So so we want to look at a 15 or 20 grand car? So yeah, so, so under 15 grand, sometimes you'll get banks like Tesco's or Sainsbury's or, or your own high street bank. The the APR is more competitive than a than um, a car loan. Essentially, okay. you're just a lot more protected with a car loan than you are with a personal loan. Sure, because um, they can come after you for your house and things. Or both of them can actually. Can't yeah, they? Both, <laughs> both of them can. Yeah. But, but the car's the asset. Sure. And, and as a consumer, you're more heavily protected if you buy a car, which is why the rates are slightly higher. Okay. However, 
as you go up in the numbers in terms of supercars, yeah, it's then the other way round. Okay, because because a high street bank or Tesco's or Sainsbury's, um, they won't give you two hundred grand. And then we have a thing called PCPs, obviously. Of course. Which is, I think is another whole episode. It's a whole right? other episode. There it, is a car financing episode, and I think we have to get the guys from Magnitude along for that. Yeah, so I think so. If you don't know, um, my last 13,000 cars have been financed through Magnitude. They are absolute geniuses. I've mentioned them a lot when I'm revealing new cars. Tony as well does some work with them, and yeah. I think we should probably do, and we will do, a finance-specific episode where we yeah. can really plow into figures and advice. And I did, tr- we did, try, I did try and do a, a summary episode around... I had the Ferrari and the Porsche revealed but I think there were so many questions that it yeah. feels only right to do a, a podcast on it um, <coughs> basically but, what I'm saying is is that the, as you go up in the values the rate changes okay and it's very very competitive at that point in terms of why would you use your own money competitive sure uh, but but the as I say that, that's where it gets even harder as a, as a haggler yeah because you know you can go in and go right I've got five grand or 10 grand off my car somehow. Yeah, yeah. And then they send you the finance figures and you're like, well, this is still crazily expensive because maybe they're trying to make up that money with a high APR or higher monthly payments or whatever it might be. And if you're not into the finance world, if you haven't experienced car finance in the UK, it's very different all over the world. Um, All these things like APR and and balloons and all these things might be confusing you a bit. So I'm sorry if we're taking you a little bit down a, a, a strange path, but I do find it interesting because there are so many options now as a customer to buy a car. The people yeah. that walk into your dealership, yeah, yeah. Tony, and you've got everything here from, you know, 488s and the yeah, 570S yeah. is sold. It's 570S gone. is gone. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you're selling supercars down to, I saw, you got an S1 in stock now? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. you know, like you, you've got a complete range. So you must get very different customer bases. And, and for those of them that are coming here that I want to give advice on, how to haggle Tony down on his, <laughs> on his prices. Don't be it's, too hard. But it is, it's, confu- it's, a, it's a confusing marketplace. Yeah. Um, so yes I think you're right maybe there's another episode to do on this but uh, uh, Hagler's tips basically be aware of the sort of market segment that you're in and I'll tell you another thing as well and we've built this relationship and I have lots of regular customers find yourself a good reputable dealer and deal with them yeah 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 build up that relationship yeah build a relationship with them because that's that's the, the the hardest part of buying a car because the, 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 the car industry in general has got such a bad name. Sure. Um, although myself and lots of other independent dealers and main dealers do the job properly. Yeah. But there are still, like in any in industry, there are still people that don't do the job. Dodgy properly. dealers. Dodgy dealers, exactly. <laughs> right, we've got to move on because as I say we're getting a bit caught up with this. I think it's a super interesting topic though, so there will be more. But on to the next uh, uh, Twitter-generated topic, uh, Formula One. Now, uh, there's going to be a lot of Formula One stuff here on the podcast. I'm a mega Formula One fan, if you didn't know. So is Tony. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, who do you support? You're a Vettel man, no, aren't I'm you? I'm a Vettel man. Yeah. Because yeah. of Ferrari. Oh, of course. You like Hamilton. Yeah, I love Hamilton, but I love Ferrari, so I'm a bit conflicted in that sense. And Vettel's your mate, you've been out of it. I know. And but... then he killed you. Yeah, I know, but he's a bit, <laughs> he's a bit of a dick on track. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so once the season gets going, uh, we're going to be doing sort of race reviews or race previews, depending on when these episodes be going out, because we just love talking about Formula One. Uh, also, got some Formula One uh, themed guests coming on later in the year. Val? Um, no, oh my God, oh, can you imagine can you if imagine? it was Vettel? Let's get Vessel on the podcast. Yeah, come on. 
You're his mate. Sebastian. Please. Okay. Well, that's our challenge. That's our challenge for the year. Get Sebastian Vettel on the podcast. Um, uh, Formula One. Grid girls. This is the first big topic of Formula One for the year. Uh, the announcement that Liberty Media have removed grid girls um, from Formula One. Shine. Yeah, I mean, okay, so the world is obviously changing. Uh, there's a huge global conversation about uh, women and, you know, female priorities and equality in the workplace and blah, 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 blah. I'm very aware that this is a 98% male channel. Um, so our views may be a bit skewed here, but I want to try and be fair and honest to the 2% female viewers. Um, I, the biggest thing which I think is a shame about this is it's taken the... Uh, decision away from the girls why not keep grid people as a thing and maybe make it kids or make it open to both men and women rather than saying we're going to scrap grid girls and a super iconic part of Formula 1 we I were watching so. we were watching a Hunt Louder documentary the other day that me and my girlfriend at home and she was like look how many girls were in Formula 1 yeah, yeah. and that it was it's you know it's there were so <laughs> many less James girls <laughs> yeah it's literally because it was James Hunt <laughs> so many less girls these days are involved in the sport and now that you know I'm sure not all girls want to be grid girls but at least give them that opportunity. Some of them might want to be involved with motorsport somehow and see that as a great way to, you know, to get in and it's a summer job or whatever. And Liberty Media just ripped that away from them rather than saying it can be boys and girls, it can be kids, it can be anyone. But then, then if that's the reason why, that, that's, the, that, that's why they've done it, so why can't you have girls as motor racers then? Yeah, well, that's exactly it. Yes. And, and you know, I think the the argument that a lot of formula one uh, people will say is that there still hasn't been a girl who's competitive enough yet to take on a formula one racing have they been allowed well that's the other thing i think it's have they been allowed and there are plenty of f1 drivers who have got race seats who aren't good enough to be an f1 because they've got money so interestingly i'm doing hamilton He definitely was nowhere near Formula One. Not a hope in hell. Um, Love you, Archie. Yeah, uh, interestingly, next week, I'm filming with a, a, a young girl. I say a young girl. She's a woman. Jamie Chadwick, who is an up-and-coming Aston Martin racer. And really, people are saying like she's, she's awesome and she could be great and she could get right up there. So if she gets the necessary funding and stuff, why not? And in America, they have big... Danica yeah. Patrick. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. big female racing stars. But... I just uh, yeah I think it's the wrong way to go about it I understand Liberty trying to be like all PC like and go with the way the world's going but it felt like a, a bit of an overstep a bit too much like if it's not broken don't fix it yeah what like wrong I, with I it? don't I don't think anyone was really calling out saying that good girls were that no. that awful and the, what the reason I wanted to bring this up is that I think Liberty need to be a bit careful I'm very excited about everything they're doing I think it's great that they're involved with the sport they are trying to push the sport forward which it needs to do but I think they've got to be careful that they don't remove some really essential or iconic parts of the sport. And I'm not saying grid girls was necessarily like an essential part. I don't think anyone's really going to care at the races that there aren't grid girls. But you start with the small pebbles and the big rocks start to fall. I'm a prophet, I just... That's it's not a bad yeah, saying. No, it's not a bad saying, isn't no. it? But, um, but, you know, that's what I mean. I, you know, next thing we know, we're going to be losing iconic, you know, European races or, you know, all the cars are going to become the same and... I'm just, it's a nerve-wracking time, I think, for F1. Yeah. Because the racing is okay, but not great. Um, there's not a huge number of international manufacturers in the sport, apart from Alfa Romeo coming back this year. Are they? Oh, yeah. yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, Alfa Romeo bought into Salva, so that's exciting. But yeah, anyway, the whole Grid Girls thing <laughs> just made me a little nervous, rather than Will going... Will Alfa get round? What? Or would it be another McLaren? 
What did you say? Will Alpha get round? <laughs> we'd, <laughs> we'd be of another McLaren. Do. It's going to have a Ferrari engine, mate. So uh, probably oh, yeah, not. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the final topic today, which is one that I think we're both going to struggle with a bit. Cars we think are underrated. Underrated cars. Now, I need to think about this because I haven't had a chance yet. Tony, you did have a thing. You came up with a, a quite a good idea just before we started recording, which was? Yeah, so, so I think the XF Jag... It's yeah. an underrated car as a, as a normal everyday saloon. As an everyday motorway beater. Yeah, because they... Good chassis? Good, or they just... drive so much better than the 5 Series and the um, the Merc and the Audi as a car to drive. A bit more luxurious. Um, but people don't buy them. They buy the German one. Yeah, German yeah, yeah. It's Jag is still fighting that kind of um, stigma, aren't they? It's depreciation. It's a, lo- it's a lot of things. And did you see the... Statistic that come out the other day where they sold two hundred thousand cars worldwide last year. Jaguar, right? Really? Audi sold eight million. Was it's that sh- was that Grand Tour fact? I think I'm it might sure. be. It? I think it might be. Was it's it? a good one, no, but it's a good fact. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a really yeah. it's an interesting one. Yeah, it's it's weird because I mean it's been quite a Jag themed episode, but everyone knows I love the brand and they definitely are going in the right direction and it's interesting that you think the XF is underrated because I hear it a lot about the XC as well which is why a lot of people were upset that they didn't make an XC SVR like a, you know VAXE yeah, yeah, they yeah. went straight to the Project 8 yeah. um, because people feel like that chassis you know would have been great with a big hunky yeah. V8 um, okay so XF I'm going to say something which I think the audience will collectively sigh at um, a bath do you know <laughs> is that underrated though yes because the majority of people and the majority of people on my main channel seen through glass um did like to tell me that i was driving my girlfriend's car the entire time or just a woman's no, or just a I crappy bubble car cool. but you think they're cool because you drove one yeah. when i bought it tony you ripped into me like everyone else you thought i was a nutter no no i thought you was a nutter because one the price you paid <laughs> for it <laughs> Fair. This not supplied by me, by the way, Fair. guys. Yes, it was not. Um, <laughs> just went in and said, I bought it. <laughs> I literally texted Tony. I went in to buy a 595. Called Tony. Tony, I bought 695. It's extremely expensive. It's got carbon fiber on it. Though. When you told me how much it was, I went, what? Yeah, everyone went, what? Um, the normal bath, the normal sick. There. But I still think people knock them. I still think people just go, oh, you know, crappy little Fiat 500. And the people that have driven in a bath spent time in them absolutely adore them it's yeah, such a could. characterful car like it gives you so much joy but they get knocked so easily and i think i genuinely think they're underrated and even when we did the hot hatch tour everyone's like oh sam near bath like oh move on but it was amazing yeah and it's brilliant and the noise and i say the smile that they bring to your faces are brilliant so i genuinely feel like if you haven't had the chance to actually experience in a bath, get behind the wheel of one it will change your whole idea about it i've got one in stock do you what yeah, have you got a gray one do you? Yeah. 595? Yeah. Which series? Do you know? Like Petitioni. The brand new one? 60, no. 65. Okay, like. old one. Series yeah. 4. Series 3. Series 3. But it's got Good. the tan leather. Oh, hello. Hello. Love a bit of tan leather. Any other cars that we think are underrated? Hmm. Do you know what? Cars in general are so good these days. So good. Even okay. Focus. I'm just speaking about, because this is personal experience, things that pop into my head. Mazda. CX-5. Yeah. 
And you know what? Actually, quite a few people, again, over on the main channel and also on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that, were being very complimentary of the Mazda because I think it's a car that people do own and, and have out there. I was so pleasantly surprised. I went in there with not very many expectations, um, but not yeah, not knowing what to expect. And, and was really pleasantly surprised. It had all the kit that any car should have. The interior felt high quality. It was fine to drive. I'm not going to say it's great to drive. It won't it, break. It won't break. Yeah. Like... I really was impressed. I yeah. was genuinely impressed. Not a car that I want, um, but but I was really impressed. And I think they are underrated. You don't hear a lot of people lusting after Mazdas, I don't think. But you'd sim- you'd similarly say that about probably the Qashqai or the Spoiltage. Okay. Because they all compete with each other. Sure. But they probably buy them before they buy the Mazda, yes. I would say. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's definitely a car or, or you know, even a brand these days, apart from obviously the MX-5, uh, that I think is a little underrated. I'll and tell you what else is another good car. Go on. The new Tiguan. Tiguan. The Tiguan. Tiguan. That is a very good car. All these little baby SUVs, though. Yeah. They're so good, aren't they're they? So they're good. so good. You yeah. can't knock them. And I think, you know, the E-Pace, we had the E-Pace experience, which was great. I mean... Oh, yeah. Well, the thing which is interesting about the E-Pace is all the motoring journalists love to get on social media and tell us how all us influencers are completely mad and wrong and say that everything's brilliant, say that everything's great. I think the biggest thing that the journalists missed from the E-Pace was the fact that I personally... Well, no, yeah. <laughs> No, no, they went on the launch. Well, for, went, yeah, <laughs> three, week, three weeks before us. Um, that I think is that any e-pace buyer will not care how it drives, in my opinion. Okay. I believe that e-pace buyers will be buying that car for the looks, for the badge, for the for the feel. The car it has proper character. It's called the Cub. They call it the Cub in development. It's got these little Cubs you know, so stickers all over Q3 it. So what is it? Q3 rival. Yeah, Q3 rival, Evoke rival. Okay. T- not Tiguan? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and... The journalists attacked it for not being the greatest Jag out there, you know, clunky gearbox and a bit floaty. I don't think anyone who's going to buy the E-Pace will care, honestly. Okay, like, tracking it. That's what I mean. And, yeah. and so this is, you know, that, that was an interesting moment, I thought, that, you know, I, I know the journalists don't always see us in the greatest eye. I love the majority of the automotive journalists. It's still how I read about and learn about cars. So it's a shame sometimes when some of them attack influencers in general. Um, but I think that was one area where they were being a little bit blind or naive. They were getting very upset that a lot of influencers were being very complimentary about the E-Pace and saying that, you know, this is where, the, this is where influencers are wrong. But as I say, I just think, for a second, stop talking about understeer at 30 miles an hour and talk about who are the E-Pace buyers? Yeah. Who are they? And the majority of them were probably there on that press drive. They're, you know, young young families and models. And That's it. And they're going to school. They're going to school. Yeah, they're going to their kids. They're going to school. Yeah, That's yeah. who the influencers are. Um, so, yes, lots of underrated cars out there, basically, is what we're, <laughs> what we're trying to say. Um, and I think that probably brings us nicely to the end of today's podcast. We rushed through that a bit, didn't we? That was a quick 35 minutes, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I Anything else you wanted to talk about today? Well, there was, but we ran out of time. We did. <laughs> um, anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I think super interesting conversation about uh, buying cars, how to buy cars, tricks of the trade. Definitely something we need to pick up again. Um, onwards is my quest or my desire for a lightweight, hardcore F-Type. Uh, again, another episode, I think, to come on that very soon. And now you'll have the update on the 718 Cayman. So... I think a productive day. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. As I say, if you are watching here on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We want to climb up those subscriber numbers. Make sure you turn on notifications. We do an, an episode every week, Sunday evenings. Not at a set time, because it just depends on when we get them out. But uh, <laughs> Sunday evenings, there'll be a new episode. However, if you want to listen to us, maybe on your commute, on your way to work, when you're traveling, you can find us on soundcloud.com forward slash seen through glass or on iTunes podcast by searching seen through glass or behind the glass. Tony, any final words? <laughs>
No. Great. Perfect. Good evening. Thanks for watching, guys. Catch up with you soon. See ya. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.